the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Fear Not that was recorded in the peak of COVID 2020, 2021, the pandemic, the elections, the riots, the economic meltdown. What a fear fest. Well, what if God has a different way for us to navigate our situations that would give us hope and strength to overcome? Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called Learning to See. It's in this series called Fear Not. Pastor Sean is in Matthew 6 and James chapter 4. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Fear and worry don't help change the future one bit. Did you know that? See, we don't even know the future. We worry about all these things in the future. Do you realize we don't know the future and the future's not guaranteed? All we truly have is now, right now. And the rest of life other than right now, listen to me, this is so important, you've got to get this, the rest of life other than right now is either a memory or just a possibility and a hope. But it's, it's not ours. I don't know that I'm not going to get hit on the way home. I hope I don't, but nobody ever is planning on it. It's never on the calendar, get hit today. Well, But what that means is we don't, tomorrow's not guaranteed. God is not guaranteed me tomorrow. All I have in him is right now. In the past, the beginning of this service, the worship service where we sang, that's a memory now. It's gone. I can't do a thing about it. Nothing. I've got right now. God, what do you want me to do now? What opportunities do I have for me right now? And I, that doesn't mean we don't think and plan. There's a lot of scripture that talks about that. And don't get me wrong in that. It just means I'm not going to obsess too much or worry too much because that's not even guaranteed. I don't know the future. The good news is my father does. But all I actually have is right now. And yet... When we're worrying and fretting and anxious, we are acting like we can control the future. And I can't, and neither can you. See, this whole thing is all about vision. It's all about vision. There are two parts to vision. There's what you actually see, and then there's how you see it. Like, we all have a vision of the future. We all have a vision of, for our lives. And, and that's okay. God gives us vision. But what exactly do we see as we think of the future? We think of our vision. And how do we see it? I think there are two kind of ways we can look at the future. And the problem is we look at and we have our vision of the future. And the problem might not be what we actually see, but the lenses through which we're looking. Two types of lenses. The first lens is fear. Fear is a lens or a perspective. It's an outlook. We can literally wire ourselves to where our gut reaction, our natural reaction as we think forward is fear. 
We automatically go to all the things that could go wrong, all the things that might go wrong, and then we start trying to control or we just opt out completely. Fear is a perspective and a lens through which we look at the, at the, fut- at the, at the future. So what's funny is two people can look at the exact same thing the same event, the same possibility, the same calendar date, and they have completely different responses because one is looking through the lens of fear and it starts this train of thought. The other lens, you know, is the lens of faith. Faith is the lens that says, wait a minute, I have a father who loves me and cares about me and he takes care of birds, he takes care of flowers, his promises are true, He's the one who sent his son who died and then raised him from the dead. That's my father. He loves me. And he invites me to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and says all these things that I need, food, clothes, shelter, stuff like that, will be added to me. That's what he promises. The faith lens looks at that and goes, yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know my father's going to be there. So I'm not really worried right? I know my father's going to be there. The fear lens goes, oh my gosh, that, do you know how many ways that could go wrong? And if I don't control every one of them and every person involved, it's going to be terrible. This is a no elbow zone when we're talking about controlling people. Because a crowd this size, including our online group, your living room, if you're listening from home, no elbow zone. It's immoral. But there's some of us who look at the future and go, okay, I got to control all that and I got to do this, make sure that, make sure that. And it's like, we can't. We're not even guaranteed the future. We don't know the future. These two lenses are so significant. Faith is a completely different lens. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. See, being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. You know what that is? That's, that's the future. Because I, I can't see the future. I can speculate. I can guess. But I can't see the future. Faith is being sure. How can I be sure of the future when I can Because I know the one who does. That's what faith is. I have faith not because I want something. I have faith because my God is there. He wants something. You know when Jesus said, if you have faith to move this mountain, you can say, if you have faith even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and it'll be moved. And people go, man, that means God's going to do whatever I want. No, it doesn't. Stop and think about this. Why in the world would I have faith to move that mountain? You know why? Because my father said it's going to move. That's what gives me the faith. The faith comes from him, not from my desire. Well, if I just believe hard enough and I say the right words and I wear the ruby slippers, I want to go home or... If I just do the right kind of contortions, then, then God will do what I want. That is not faith at all. Faith comes from him. And the only way I would ever have faith to see that mountain move is to know my father is going to move that mountain. He said he's going to move. He revealed that to me. He revealed that in his word. And so I believe that mountain is going to move. And I'm going to pray, Father, move that mountain. Knowing the faith comes from him, not from just my whims. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. How can you be certain of what you don't see? Because I know the one who is. I can see him. That's what the ancients were commended for. And then verse 
3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. There is another reality. Faith understands that and takes that into consideration. And it's the greatest antidote to fear. Here's the main point. If you're taking notes, write this down. Overcoming fear is not about altering the future, but rather seeing it differently. Overcoming fear is not about altering the future, but rather seeing it differently. The problem is we try to go, we try to alter the future, and that makes me scared even to think about it. And again, please don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm saving for retirement. It's rather pathetic, but I'm doing my best. I'm not a slacker. I'm baby stepping. Okay, that's a what about Bob reference. Sorry. But I'm working at it because I think that's right. I think that's responsible. And I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what God's actually going to do with that. That's speculation. But I'm preparing. And, and what's, what's interesting, what faith will also have you do is in your preparations, hang on a little loosely. Because I don't know what the future is going to hold. You know, when you're planning for retirement, they ask you how long you plan to live. That's a dumb question. <laughs> Because I realize right now I have all I ever need to retire if I, like, die the day after retirement, okay? I'll be good. I'm covered. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, what I'm saying, it's like everything, the future plans we kind of hang on to loosely. It's not about changing. Overcoming fear isn't about fixing everything and organizing the future so everything is right and now I don't have to be afraid. No, it's about seeing the future differently, seeing through the lens of faith seeing who God is. And like I said, I'm not saying we shouldn't prepare or work or try to make the world a better place. But too much is driven by fear, which causes more problems than it alleviates. And we know that's true. I did a series last year at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember, it was called Disrupted. We walked through the first six chapters of the book of Daniel, because that's such a great book on faith, because it's about vision. Daniel had visions and dreams, and he interpreted visions and dreams. But you remember, they're captives, slaves in Babylon, and they refused to defile themselves, but God gave them favor. And they wouldn't eat the king's choice foods in Daniel chapter 1. They just ate vegetables. And it says they, they actually looked healthier, better, fatter than any of the other slaves that were in the king's court. Because God took care of them, he honored them, he blessed them. Remember Nebuchadnezzar had a dream? Nobody could interpret it? Well, Daniel did. Daniel didn't. God gave it to him. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? If you don't bow down, you're going to burn. King, our God can save you. Even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down to your idol. And then remember Nebuchadnezzar? If you haven't read the book of Daniel and you're worried about the world, it's great. It's really good. Because you see a a group of guys whose world is completely turned upside down, but yet God uses them. He helps them overcome. You see his power at work. They're in that fire furnace, and remember Nebuchadnezzar goes, wait, whoa, 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 weren't there three guys we threw in there? Why do I see four? One looks like the Son of God. And let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Learning to See. It's in the series called Fear Not, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. 
Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Learning to See. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Daniel gets thrown in a lion's den. All you got is hungry lions. See, all of this was because of how they saw the world and how they saw their future. Daniel 2, 20 through 22, gives us kind of his answer as he responded to God giving him the, the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. Listen, listen for our time. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Wait a minute, I thought it was our elections. I thought the whole world hung on our elections. Elections are important. I'm glad we participate. But dudes, he removes kings and sets of kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge of those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in darkness and the light dwells within him. See, it's all how you see reality. That's what Jesus is talking about. You have a father. Do you believe in him? It'll change how you see the future. Three reasons real quickly to take off the old lenses of fear and put on new lenses of faith. Number one, lenses of faith let you see what's lasting and what's not. What's lasting and what's not. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. We understand this as Christians. We know we serve an unseen God. He's real. He's not fake. He's not, it's not figurative. He is real. But he's spiritual. God is spirit. Those who worship, worship in spirit and truth. We understand this, right? And yet... We're going to, in here, we're going to sing to him. We're going to praise him. We're going to pray. We're going to give thanks. And then we're going to go out this week and act as though the only things that are real are visible, material, tangible things. When the truth is, no, there is a reality, which is the original. Hebrews 11.3 told us what is seen didn't come from this natural world. It came from what is unseen. And Paul's here telling us what is Seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. See, fear is often a result of trying to hang on to what is temporary. Remember Jim Elliott, the missionary to the Aka Indians? Martyred for his faith, but he made this statement. He's no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If we held on to these things here appropriately, a little more loosely, and understood there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger world. If we understood that, I think we'd be a little less afraid. Everything that we see is temporary. All this stuff, this material stuff, our jobs, our money, all the things that we spend so much of our time with, it's temporary. The only thing that's eternal are the things of God 
and the people that we see around us, their spirits, their souls, they are eternal. See, we can't hold on to this stuff in life. Stop and think about the, if you, if you stop and think about history and you think about the big moves that were like, these people's worlds were changing. Now we look at them in perspective and we see the rise of empires and nations and then they fall and they're no more. This is going to be the end of the world. No, it's not because God had another plan. When we understand the reality of the spiritual world and we understand that these things, they're important and real as well, they're temporal. It changes us a little bit. And all it does is it helps us to hold on to our plans and our thoughts of the future a little more loosely, but it also allows me not to be so afraid as I think for because what I see in the balance sheet or the spreadsheet, it's not all that's real. It's real. It's just not all that's real. The doctor's diagnosis is real, but it's not all that's real. The possibilities that are being thrown out of what could happen, what disaster might happen, they may be educated guesses. And some of those things might even become reality, but they're not all that's real. The overcoming fear is not about altering the future, but rather seeing it differently. A second thing, lenses of faith expose the illusion of control. They expose the illusion of control. I just love Matthew 6, 27. We, we read right past it real quickly in what Jesus said. Let's look at it again, Matthew six twenty seven. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? What's the answer to that question? No, do you really believe that? Then stop worrying. Seriously. I mean, when we understand we are, our lives are in the hands of God, we are in the hands of God, there's this idea that I, I think sometimes... We think, well, if I worry, then I'm going to do better than the guy next to me. I'm going to live longer. I'm going to... Jesus is saying, no, you can't. In fact, your worry, your stress, your anxiety will probably take years off your life. That's at least what your doctor would tell you. This idea of control is an illusion. I just find it fascinating that as we look at in the United States and we look at our different state map and how everybody responded, we all did the lockdowns for a time, but some states by their nature just said, okay, we're going to come out a little quicker, more quickly. We're going to loosen things up a little more quickly. And what's funny is when you actually look at the actual how the pandemic proceeded, case counts, positivity counts, hospitalizations, deaths because of COVID, when you look at those numbers, it's like they're not significantly different. It's like we did all these things. We put businesses out. We put, we, put, we put people out of business. We put people out of work. There's all kind. We don't even know yet all of the full consequences of the, a year-long disruption in some places and what they're going to experience and the toll that that has on real people and families. We, don't, we haven't taken that stock. That, that hasn't been plastered every single day, every single detail on the front page for us. But it's going to be there. We, re- we do reap what we sow. It's just, a, a, it's just the way life works. And it's like we tried to control, and I understand that. I understand being, trying to be cautious. I totally do. But it's fascinating that there's, like, there's not significant differences. It's like, man, how does that inform? I, I, I don't want to beat up on the past because we can't change the past. But I think it causes us to say, going forward, maybe I want to think differently. One of the most common responses to fear is to try to control. And just be aware of that. And control is an illusion. I mean, there's some things that are within our 
purview, but, but again, we don't know what the future holds. There are things that come that we can't control. See, when we respond to fear, fixating on what I can't do with control keeps me from doing the things I can do. There's a difference between control and the idea of efficacy. I can have effectiveness. I can make change. I can do things. And that, that's a good thing. But thinking I can control and take care of every possibility, it's just an illusion. I can make a difference. I can't necessarily control all the outcomes. I just can't. What I can do, I can enjoy the time and the people and the opportunities that God has given me now. I can do that. I can enjoy the present how and where I am right now. I can plan for the future, understanding that my plans might be thrown out the window. And it's just the way it is sometimes. Some plans turn out great. Cool. Some plans don't. When you look at the future through the presence of a good God, there's not such an emotional attachment to that statement I just made. Plans work out great. Cool. Plans don't? Eh, well, we'll try again. Because my life is in the hands of a father who loves me. And he promised to take care of me. It changes the way you think. And it changes the way you make decisions. See, overcoming fear is not about altering the future, but rather seeing it differently. And last thing, I'll close with this. Lenses of faith reveal who holds the future. And it's not me. It's not President Biden. It's not Dr. Fauci. Well, maybe Fauci. I don't know. No. Lenses of faith reveal who really holds the future. James 4.13. This passage is so instructive. 13 through actually 16. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. This part's a little bit humbling. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Do you believe that's the word of God? See, it's beyond just hurts us and is a bad policy. What he's saying is it's evil. And I think the reason it's evil because it is faithless. It doesn't see God for who he is. That's what the core of godlessness. Don't, I, don't recognize and acknowledge who he is. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. See, what James is telling us is God is in control. What Jesus said is God is in control and God is good. God is in control, folks. Do you believe that? And I don't want you to respond to this. I don't want, I really do, because I I don't, because this is something I have to go through personally in my own process, and I want to invite you for a moment to go, to go process this. So don't, I don't want a response. You say, God is in control, God is good, and God is, uh, God is in control, and God is good. And that'll preach. If I said that over and over loud and get a little more Southern each time, we'd have church. But we all said we believe, we believe that. God is in control and God is good. Yes, I believe that. Okay, between you and the Lord, your actions over the last year, did they say you believe that? 
the years before that. Because this is where it really matters. And I don't say this for judgment. I don't say this to, I'm not trying to gotcha anybody, myself included. I'm just saying, what I really want is I want to live this out. I don't want to say in church when Derek's playing the keyboard, which it's really easy to say yes. What, what, I, what I want is to change because of this understanding. I want to change how I make decisions by this deep paradigm-shifting understanding that says God is in control. In the 2020 election, the way I thought, the way I conducted myself, did that reveal that I believe God is in control and that he is good? I'll give you a hint. Multiple times, the answer is no. Multiple times for me, the answer was no. I want to grow. See, this should change me. God is in control. God is good. That should change the way I do my business. That should change how I handle my finances, how I treat my family, my priorities. What am I willing to give my life to? It changes when I understand God is in control and he is good. And I'm not afraid because of that. Oh, one, I I freed up a whole lot of time and energy when I don't have to be afraid. A lot of headspace even to focus on things that matter. This is the power of our faith. See, overcoming fear isn't about trying to manipulate and change the future. It is about seeing it differently and understanding, I don't know the future, I can't control the future, but I serve a God who does and who can. And that's a game changer for me. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called Fear Not, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.